Today on the podcast, Joe is back with us and we are doing one of our favorite type of episodes, a plant-based frequently asked question. This is where we dive deep into any plant-based questions you have, including recipe tips or plant-based advice. So let's dive in. It's time to adapt to a plant-based palate, minimize waste, and respect our environment. Hello, we are Joe and Sarah Hayes, and we are the hosts of the Bowl of Life podcast, where we are encouraging you to join the plant-forward food movement. It's time for vegetables to move from the side of your plate to the center, and we are here each week to help you do that. So if increasing your vegetable consumption and limiting your animal proteins sounds like a win-win to you, go grab a spoon or fork. And let's dive into learning more about how you can be plant forward. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. And hey, look who it is. Hello. Who's making an appearance on the Bull of Life podcast, my co-host. It's been a while. Yes. Yes. So Joe is back with us today. Super excited. He's not just a picture on the cover art, I promise. It's been in hibernation. It's winter here in Michigan, so it happens. (laughs) No, in reality, we've been having so many great interviews, and Joe has kindly stepped back from co-hosting to let me host the interviews, and my time's a little more flexible, so I can do them during the day. So that's kind of what's been going on. Yep, been a lot of good ones these last few weeks for sure. Yeah, so make sure you go back, check those out, and yeah, so that's that. And we're excited to have you on the plant-based FAQ podcast episode today. So yes, we are doing one of our favorite ones. We do like these. January's over, which means if your goal was to transition into plant-based eating in the new year, well, maybe, or maybe you fell off the wagon because of life. Who knows, right? This year, last year, been been a crazy. Wait, what year is it? Right, what year? I don't even know. Right, so it it's been a ride, right? And so here we are. Let's get back. Uh, let's let's get us all back on the right path. Yes, for sure. And I know January is huge, kind of the um, plant based vegan world. They call it Veganuary. We talked on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, kind of about that with Sarah at Pies and Pros. You go back and listen to that episode. It was really good about how she transitioned to a vegan diet. But we do understand that we can go into January with the best of intentions. But by the end of it, you know, maybe other foods start sneaking their way back into our diet because it's convenient or whatnot. So we wanted to just give some you know, tips, not only about that, but just encourage you today on your plant-based journey because you know what? It's okay. It's okay if you, know, you didn't stick with it. This is a new month and it's all about just embracing, I like to say it, plant-forward eating and just incorporating eating more plants into your life. So... Right. It's not not about beating yourself up, right? No, we got it. You know, I talked with um in the very last episode, episode 26 with Sabrine, um, who is a plant-based wellness coach. And she said, you know what? That's the most important thing, though. We have to be kind to ourselves. We were talking about the seven dimensions of wellness and you know, that can be, you know, overwhelming. I have to have seven dimensions to my wellness, but it's like, whoa, whoa, step back. You don't gotta do them all at once. And even if you don't get it perfect every day, because Lord knows none of us do, we aren't, we aren't saints. That's right. 
<laughs> so, you know, be kind to yourself. So you right. said it, Joe. It's all about being kind to ourselves. So we're going to start off here today, answer a few frequently asked questions, of course, around food, because that seems to be the central, you know, first topic people think of when they go plant-based or thinking about eating more plants or being plant-forward is like, oh, what to eat? What to eat, right? <laughs> it's always the question, you know, like we suddenly put a label on it and we forget that an apple is plant-based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's dive in. The first yeah. question is, what can I do with a gorgeous bag of fresh cauliflower so I don't lose it? I'm worried about it going bad. Right, yeah. I don't think she's talking literally about like, like I'm worried where, that it's gonna where be. Is, oh, it's in the it's in the it's in the closet. What happened? Yeah, usually most groceries make their way to the fridge and you don't have to worry about losing it. So um beyond that, we um I thought of a few ideas to give out on that. So but first, Joe, what is your favorite way to have cauliflower? Favorite way? Well, you know, you knew that this would come up what I could easily just do. Uh, what? Well, just eat it raw. I mean, oh! You know, you know that's going to come up because that <laughs> any any vegetable like well a lot of them. But no, I I love the uh, the buffalo cauliflower. Yes, yeah, buffalo Big cauliflower thing. wings, as they're sometimes called, florets, buffalo cauliflower florets. Either of those, so delicious. So if you are a Buffalo fan, not Buffalo, you know, the city in New York or Buffalo Bills, the football team. If you are a Buffalo, what do you call it? Sauce fan. There we go. Buffalo sauce fan. That is the way to go. And we actually do have a recipe on our blog for that. And the popular sauce that you're going to see at the grocery, even though there's lots of Buffalo sauces these days and, you know, always be mindful, look at the ingredients. So you might be confused if you pick up the popular Frank's buffalo sauce and you read on the back that it has a butter flavoring in it that can be a bit alarming because it's like oh butter what but rest assured all of the information out there on the internet including from frank's red hot sauce makers (laughs) say that that is plant-based or you know vegan it does contain no dairy um, so anyways, nice. yeah, perfect way to make uh, your cauliflower with, like Joe said, you can eat it raw, you know, that's what makes a great nutritious snack. Um, but if you're not a raw fan, you know, roasting it, just roasting it any, you know, throw some, you know, maybe if you're not using olive oil, toss it in a little veggie broth or some soy sauce and roast it in the oven. Actually, we had a really yummy way last night that, um, yeah. Oh yeah. It had maple syrup in it. It had some tamari and some black pepper. It was really simple recipe. I'll link it in the show notes. It was from the Fitchen, I think is what her name was called. And that, that was delicious. Just, I will say my tip there, if you make this recipe, which I will link in the show notes from the Fitchen, the sweet and spicy baked cauliflower, do bake it on a on a parchment paper because right, maple right. syrup is known to get a little messy in the oven and burn quickly. So that I was a learning experience for me. <laughs> but very good. It's very good. So other ways, riced cauliflower. You could make um, you know, rice cauliflower if you don't plan on using it right away. If you're like, oh, I just don't feel like cauliflower this week, you know, blanch it and throw it in the freezer. 
You could even, you know, steam it, throw it in the freezer and then throw it in your smoothie. I've done that before. It's You don't even notice the taste in a smoothie. You know, so that's another good way to add some veggies to your smoothie in the morning. Whole roasted cauliflower, another popular one if you're looking for a little more elegant dish. I know Valentine's Day is around the corner here. So that is an impressive looking nice dish if you do the whole roasted cauliflower. That was like when you did the whole head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we have a recipe for that on our website when you do the whole head of cauliflower. And it's it's a winner. We've served it to guests. They love it. I actually got the inspiration from it to make it actually from Emerald's restaurant in Las Vegas. And I will say that I don't know, Emerald, this one's pretty tasty. Might be yours, but, you know, it wasn't in Vegas. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. So anyways, those are some great um, tips. And definitely, you know, we will link all of those resources in the show notes so you can head over there. Oh, one last way that I wanted to mention. Just when you think you're out of cauliflower ideas, you can use it in hummus. And we actually talked or I actually talked about that with Lauren on episode 25 about using everything in your kitchen. And she mentioned that she will sometimes put cauliflower in hummus. So, yeah, we'll link uh, her episode in the show notes so you can uh, get in touch with that recipe and see how she uses that. And hummus to add a little veg to your hummus. So. Nice. Yeah. So another question here is, well, this one I think comes up with so many people I talk to. They want to know what is the difference between vegan, plant-based and whole foods, plant-based, no oil, <laughs> as wow. they call it. It's a, it's a long lettering here. That yeah. W-F-P-B-N-O. <laughs> Say that 10 times yeah, fast. Yeah. Plus, remember it. Okay, so let's see. I'm going to test Joe's knowledge right here, right now on the podcast. Joe, what does it mean to be vegan versus plant-based? Plant-based. Well, it's just all all plants. Vegan. Would be also all plants. (laughs) All plants. Okay. So, yeah. So, we have an enlightenment here to teach Joe as well. So, he'll learn as well here. So, vegan, um, there's a little bit of a difference here. People who go vegan often go vegan for the animals. Um, That's a huge priority for them. And um, that is usually why they, they go because of the animal suffering in the world. And... They also do not, they are open to eating vegan junk food. So really their diet could consist of everything they ate on an omnivore diet, but just not animal. So think all of your, well, what are sun likes to eat? (laughs) You know, the veggie hot dogs, the veggie chicken nuggets, the, all the vegan cheeses out there, um, you know, their priority is just as long as it's not made with an animal, I will eat it. And that doesn't matter, you know, what it is. So not necessarily, uh, you know, I hate to use the word healthy, but not necessarily maybe good for your body to have all the time because that's still kind of considered junk, junk food. Oreos are vegan. Potato chips are vegan. A lot of things that, right. Right. That even normally, you know, an omnivore would say, yeah, I probably shouldn't eat potato chips or Oreos every day. So plant-based, um, primarily people go plant-based for health concerns. 
they've had a health concern and they go plant-based to be healthier. Um, you know, and usually a desire um, and an awakening will kind of happen when you go plant-based where you you will suddenly, you know, your eyes will be a little more open to the meat and dairy farming industry and, um, you know, animal ag- agriculture. So, um, but the primary reason for going plant-based is usually a health concern. And um, on plant-based now, there's lots of different um, versions of this out there. Um, Some plant-based people are okay with having a piece of maybe fish or chicken every once in a while. Or they might even be okay with, I'll eat plant-based at home, but if I go out to a restaurant... You know, I'm not going to say no if I order okay. some something meat. Um, now, I this is across the board and it varies. Now, for myself, when I say I'm plant-based, I do consider, you know, I eat a whole foods plant-based right, diet. Right. Now, that being said, a caveat there is... In the summer, you know, I may take to a cookout a Beyond Burger or an Impossible Burger because it's delicious and it's not like I'm eating that all the time. Right. And often I don't feel the best after I eat them, but it smells delicious. So that would be the major differences between vegan and plant-based. Whole food plant-based, no oil, um, you know, would be, again, for primarily addressing a health concern, usually in the cardiovascular disease realm or, you know, something really significant like that. I think of Lauren, who we talked to, you know, this has been a, quite a few episodes ago, so we'll link that in the show notes, but she went on a strict whole food plant-based no oil diet because that is what some major, um, well, I think all major plant-based doctors recommend that for combating heart disease. Okay, yeah. And it works. I mean, it makes sense. Don't fill your arteries up with oil. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like that makes sense. Not, not good. So that would be the major difference with that is they just avoid oil. Usually that includes also nuts and avocados as well, which are very okay. fatty. So and there could be some differences out there as well in that. Um, but that's the, for the majority. That's that's what the three are. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's good good reminder to break it down because it it's easy obviously easy to well get confused yeah and I think these terms are becoming more mainstream now but I know for myself you know sometimes it's easier to tell people I'm vegan because people by this point in their life have usually heard that term before right. You know, when we were growing up as kids, Joe, no, no one knew what no, vegan was. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe people did, but it just wasn't, you know, but nowadays people know that. Plant-based, I would say, is even a more newer term right. than vegan. I think people do use vegan and plant-based interchangeably a lot, even though there is a difference. And when you start digging into it, then people start to ask that question. Well, what is the difference? <laughs> Okay, so here is another one that's very popular. People have a lot of this when they transition, this question when they transition to a vegan or a plant-based diet. Is tofu healthy for you? Have you heard of this debate, Joe? Can't say that I've heard of that debate, but I just more hear people like, oh, tofu. Uh." Yeah, I don't know why tofu always got a bad (laughs) rap. It gets a bad rap, you know? Um, You know, 
I think a long time ago, there were some studies out there linking the phytoestrogens to not being good for women. Um, But that is really not the case. Um, There's been multiple studies and research since then. I don't know about studies. I'll say research since then that 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 is not true. That that issue, it will not increase women's estrogen levels if you eat tofu. But um, is tofu healthy for you? Yes, it is. It's very healthy for you. It's a great source of protein. It actually contains all nine amino acids in protein. So that is very important for a vegan plant-based diet because your body actually does not produce two, I think it's two of the essential amino acids and you have to get those two from foods. And you're, so your body kind of produces all those other ones, but you do have to get two of them from food. So um, tofu, quinoa, and there's one other one that's escaping. There's, there's a few out there that do, that are plant-based and do have not all nine essential okay. amino acids. And then you can do like food combining to get them and such. But normally you don't have to worry too much about that. Um, so it's a good source of protein. It is a great source of iron and calcium and magnesium. It just has a lot of good vitamins in it. Now, the small caveat there is it is a soy product. And a lot, the majority, I'm not going to even say a lot, the majority of soy products in the United States are GMO. So that does, when a product is GMO, you know, you are spraying that with pesticides and there has been research done that then the tofu is not as healthy because it will not have all those health benefits. Just like anything else we might buy at the store that has been sprayed sprayed with a chemical and is not as nutritious, does not have all all of the vitamins. So what you want to do is when you do buy tofu, make sure that it is non-GMO and organic. Lots of brands out there. The popular one I buy, Nasoya, is organic. That's, you know, the most popular one I see at the store these days. So anyways, and it can be delicious. Um, I will say I wasn't a big, big fan of it for the longest time. You know, there is some debate that, you know, maybe a extra firm tofu is better for you or something. But I, you know, I, tofu to me is tofu. And I like the firm kind. So find one that right. you like. Right, right. <laughs> so. Definitely is going to take a little bit of trying, just like with anything, try some different recipes, try some different kinds. And, you know, it's, you're going to have to sort it out and. But yeah, there's some really good options. Yeah. Yeah. We love to just marinate it because again, you know, I think we've talked about this on other podcasts, just like a plain piece of chicken has to be marinated or right. it doesn't taste like anything. So does tofu. <laughs> right. Right. It, it is no, no different. You got to give it some flavoring. All right. So this next question is still food related, but more of in the how to space of food. So um, this person asks... Um, she's been hurt. She's heard that she can save the fluids that chickpeas are in. So like in the can, the fluid that the chickpeas are packed in. And what is it? And does anyone have any ideas for using it? And how do I store it? And how long it is long is it good for? Do you know the technical term? Well, you already saw my notes here. Oh. So you know what it's called. So, right. Okay. So this is called aqua 
Faba. Sounds like such a fancy name. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, almost like Aquaman or something. <laughs> and it, yeah, so it has some nice superpowers right, here. Right. Um, Aquafaba, so you drain your can of chickpeas, it's all of that juice. So just catch them in a bowl because you can use them for a lot of stuff. You can use it for, um, use it like fluffy egg whites. So use it as like a meringue or use it um, for crepes or use it for baking or bread or ice cream. Three tablespoons of aquafaba equal one egg. Two tablespoons equal one egg white. So lots of uses. Um, We'll link kind of this um, article in the show notes, which has a lot more uses for aquafaba. I honestly, the most I use it for is if I need, um, you know, like if I'm breading maybe eggplant fries or something, I'll use the aquafaba because normally you would have used maybe an egg white in the past too to bread like a veggie fry or something like that. Um, I've also used it as a replacer for oil in our hummus. I could say, yep, hummus. And it works <clears throat> a lot better than using water. I'll just say that because water, I feel like, makes your hummus go bad quicker. But <laughs> that's my own opinion from um, experience yeah, and trial, trial and error. And error right. <laughs> but you can use it to replace to pl- replace oil in hummus. Now, I've not tried that as an oil replacer in like anything else. I just use it usually just for the hummus. Um, but yeah, so definitely it can be an egg replacer. So I think a lot of people have that concern if they're big bakers and they go vegan and what, what do I use instead of an egg? Right. Right. You know? So, and Oh, you can use it as whipped cream too. I've seen people whip that up, you know? So, so the next question is I'm converting my recipes to vegan, no oil we get this question a lot. No oil in salad dresses, salad dressings even. So what do you replace the oil and salad dressings with? And what do you roast your vegetables in the oven with? Because they all the recipes say to toss them in oil so the spices and herbs will cling to the veggies. So I will say that the no oil in salad dressings is hard. You know, you can make, um, now if you aren't a strict whole food, plant-based, no oil. You could make um, cashew dressings. You could make, you know, walnut dressings. You can make avocado dressings. Um, I've, I've done all of that and they're all very delicious. So if you aren't strictly avoiding all that kind of high fat okay. food, yeah. you could definitely do that. I probably would not recommend increasing your vinegar, water, or citrus in those, you're going to have a really vinegary dressing if you replaced the oil. I would just omit the oil altogether and, you know, see if you like it just with the tangy vinegar or something like that. Um, you could maybe add a little bit of water to thin it out. Now it's not going to have that rich taste that an olive oil has. So you definitely, I think, got to go into the mindset of a salad dressing with no oil that this is not going to taste like a salad dressing with oil. Yeah, right, right. You know, because uh, it, it does change the taste. So those are my small tips. Wish they were more robust, but that's what we got. So your vegetables, these are easy. Your palate, 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 palate will change easily with this. You can get used to the no oil and your root veggies. Um, 
very easily. We did in our house. Oh, we yeah. don't toss ours in oil anymore. And actually now when I do eat veggies tossed in oil, I'm like, wow, these are really oily. Right. They seem real oily. They seem real oily. Um, I never have a problem with the spices clinging, but that is probably only because I usually meal prep all of our veggies in advance. And, right. you know, veggies can get a little watery. Right, so so that makes it clean. Right. <laughs> But if you are just maybe doing it for the night, you know, you could omit your salt from the the spice kind of list and, you know, use a little tamari or soy sauce. You could, um, or amino acids. You could also do a very tiny bit of broth. Again, these those are a little more water-based, especially broth. So you're not going to want to use too much. You're going to have brothy veggies. Which is really different from really than, roasted. Yeah, roasted, yeah. <laughs> kind of watery. Yeah. Mushy. Yeah. So that's our that's our tips there. All right, here's another one. I'm looking at hemp seeds. Oh, that was that's the other one. Hemp seeds are have the nine essential amino acids. Okay, I'm looking at hemp seeds, but don't know whether to buy whole seeds or hold seeds. So that's whole are hold, hold. like H U L L E D seeds. Right. Which one will I get the most use out of? I'm guessing that whole seeds are more nutritious. So, you know, I researched this um, when we got this question and I couldn't really find information that said the whole seed is better than the hold seed. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Hold, right, right. Yeah, that's it's, it. it's that's very right. close to whole. Right. Anyways, right. Um, right. mostly what you're going to see in the store is hemp hearts. Um, the popular brand, I think, being Manitoba. And um, those are hold, H-U-L-L-E-D, hemp seeds. So the hemp heart is a little softer and it's the chewy center inside of the shell of the hemp seed. So, you know, think of it kind of like the inside of a sunflower seed. They have right. a, yeah. Well, yeah, but maybe we talk about the difference, hold and hold. Yeah, so what what about the difference? Oh, that, I'm just like thinking of describing them more. Right, yeah. So um the the hold hemp seed is going to it's called the hemp heart. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um versus the seed which is going to be like like a seed. Or a seed, right? Yeah. You know, probably you know has has the outer hard shell on it. Um you know, I, I couldn't find actually information that that is actually more nutritious than the hemp heart. I think actually the nutrients are more that hemp heart, heart right. part of it. I know I avoid the whole seed just because my body does not process seeds very well. Right. And that's true for, you know, a, a, lot, a lot, people, lot of people, you, right? You know, yeah. like those little seeds, they can get caught in your digestive tract and in your gut. and Right. They're harder to break down digestively. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, so I usually just buy the hemp hearts. I, I don't know if I've ever actually even seen them as a whole seed before. No. But anyways, yeah. yeah so they're great. You know, throw them on a salad. You know, when actually we got this question, I was like, oh, I have some hemp hearts. I should really use those. Those are really tasty. <laughs> um, yeah, it tastes great in like a smoothie bowl or oatmeal bowl. And they're really nutritious. That, this, 
I don't know if you caught that, but this is actually one of the other ones that have the nine essential amino acids. Okay. Are the hemp hearts. So, and you know, I used to make, oh, whose blog was it from? I'll link it in the show notes. I'll look it up after the show. I know her name is Kathy Patalski. And she has um, a great recipe that has the hemp hearts in them for like a pumpkin fritter, a pumpkin chickpea fritter. So they're really nutritious. I mean, they have the hemp hearts, they got pumpkin, they got chickpeas. So we'll link that in the show notes. Um, Yeah, that's it's a great, great thing. Um, Yeah, love those. So the next one is I have been a junk food vegetarian for years and I switched to a whole food plant-based diet. And, oh, that's a little sensitive here. And this person says, I now I'm extremely gassy. Not uncommon, right? Not uncommon at all because junk food, meaning that they probably still weren't getting all their fiber needs. Right. Which... Funny enough, a little little rant here on the protein, how people always ask vegans and plant-based, where do you get your protein? Really, everyone is getting enough protein, whether you're vegan or not vegan. The, the thing that we should be concerned about is the fiber. The fiber, right? No, people are not getting enough fiber in our diets. And it seems like, oh, you get harped on that, especially get older. But, well, even yeah, younger, just, but right. even no, younger, we just had saying. a friend tell us this weekend yeah. that she took her son to the doctor and she's like, it was a very expensive lesson on fiber. fiber right. <laughs> she's like, you know, and she's like, I knew it. I knew that was the problem, but he needed to hear it from the doctor. Right. Sometimes we need to hear it from someone different than <laughs> our parents or someone close to us. Yeah. Yeah. An authority. Right. So if you have been on the junk food way of life of plan of vegan, not plant-based, because then you're probably not eating that much right. junk food. Back to the different Yeah, back difference. to those differences. Um, if you've been junk food vegetarian or junk food vegan and you're switching now to be whole food plant-based, you probably are gonna encounter some gassiness because you are eating a lot of extra fiber. So, you know, you might think about either taking some smaller steps, you know, um, doing kind of a modified kind of baby steps approach where maybe, you know, you're not eating quite as much junk food, but you haven't fully embraced, you know, the whole food plant-based diet. And you're just starting to add in the extra spinach and the extra veggies and broccoli and all of that. Um, also, you know, you could decrease some of your carbs like oatmeal and rice and beans and increase more, you know, like the protein and healthy fats. So maybe do some food combining, make sure you're having avocado with your toast. So you're having a nice healthy fat or some peanut butter on your toast, you know, and that's also going to help keep you full longer as well. Yeah. So, you know, doing kind of those food combining, taking some baby steps approach, you know, all of those, you know, would be what I I would recommend. Right. And some of that comes down to you know, how a person approaches it, right? Like some people are like, no, I'm just I'm cutting, like stopping here and switching. And, and, and that's a great approach to take, but your body might be like, oh, I can't quite do that. Even though your mind is saying, this is what I got to do. 
So once right. again, or can't it can beat backfire. yourself up. Yeah, right? and it can can't, backfire. Right, can't beat yourself up if like, okay, this is what I really want to do, but it's going to take some steps and some time. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we not want people to to do it and say, well, I can't do this because I am too gassy. You know, then it's all just going to backfire and that could lead to feeling guilty that you couldn't do it and all that. So I think taking a modified approach. And also, you know, it could be, the difference between um, what did I hear some gut health doctors on a summit say? And one of them said, there's no such thing as gassy food. There's only gassy people. Hmm. So something yeah. is happening, you know, in your digestive system, you know, like, you know, your body isn't used to it. Or for myself, I know it was even swapping from regular cauliflower to organic cauliflower because for some reason right. my body did not like whatever chemical was sprayed on regular regular cauliflower. So you might want to test some of that out as well with some of your veggies you're eating. Mm -hmm. So let's see. The next question here is um, more of this superfood like we talked about the, the hemp. This one is the pros and cons of eating cacao nibs. So cacao is almost like cocoa, but um, more kind of kind of potent almost, um, more darker, I guess, less processed. And um, they ask the cocoa, cacao, I can't say cacao. it. Cacao, cacao nibs are very high in fat and saturates, but they're full of antioxidants. So I guess this person is saying, should I eat them or should I not? Well, I think, you know, like anything in life, moderation is key. Right. Um, so, yes, they are full of antioxidants. Um, but I would say, yes, there is higher saturated fat, not as high as, say, like steak or something like that. Sure. Um, but again, you're just going to want to be um, mindful of it. So um, just to let you know what, what cacao is, the cocoa bean is rich in flavonoids, which are nutrients found in many fruits and vegetables that protect the plants from toxins. And then they, and as such, they have antioxidants in them. So they are in this cacao, um, which is really rich, has a high cocoa, you know, percentage in it. So, yeah, just, you know, be mindful of all this. There's a lot of health benefits out there, but anything of anything is too much of a good thing, except maybe right. eating, you know, lettuce. I don't, I don't know. Right, or drinking water, but shoot, even, uh, yeah, side, side note, but my dad found out he was drinking too much water or something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, so, that's right. So, yeah, so, you can so even you, drink You, you can too. drink too much water. So I don't know. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a, on a trail here, but the way I can remember cacao, and this goes to a conversation we had tonight about Cars movies, because Lightning McQueen would always say, cacao. Oh, cacao, so cacao. Now, so that's keeping it straight <laughs> in my head. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're great. They do have cacao nibs. Um, now I have, you know, tricked my kids before when I've had some sitting on the counter and they're like, what are these? Yeah, I'm chocolate. And they're like, wow, that's Whoa. not chocolate. And I'm like, no, this has a very, very high percentage of cocoa in it, of dark cocoa in it. <laughs> so 
you know, keep that in mind as well. They aren't going to be... I don't think you're going to go overboard just because they are very bitter chocolate tasting. Yeah. It's very bitter. <laughs> so, anyways. But they are great. They're anti-inflammatory. Just don't go overboard like anything in life. We'll link to the more articles about their antioxidants and their health benefits in the show notes because those articles go a little more in depth than I will right now. All right. Um, and this one, I think, is our last question for tonight. And it's a really good one to talk about, especially in our time of this still ongoing pandemic. You know, February, we're still kind of in flu season and cold season. So what are the top foods or nutrition tips to support your immune system? Yeah, great one for this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think we're always on that or, you know, maybe we have that voice that mom is always like, drink your OJ for your vitamin C to keep you healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We've had the talk lately. Like, yeah, none of us really want to drink orange juice anymore. Yeah. Like in our house. I used to, but. Yeah. It's really sweet. And funny enough, even our kids don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. It just. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't settle well anymore. I don't know, but. Anyways, but uh, I did um, look this up, some answers to this question, and I found this great article from Plant-Based Health Online, which is kind of a group of, of doctors. I believe they're in the UK. Um, they have this great website with tons of resources, and they definitely take a very scientific approach to uh, to everything. So here were their top tips, top foods and tips to, um, you know, supporting your immune system during this ongoing winter season that, you know, in cold season and COVID season and all of that. So the first one, of course, and I love this one, eat the rainbow. Yeah. You're always saying that. Yeah. So what do we mean by that? Well, on a plant foods, our plant-based foods diet, you're eating a lot of pretty veggies. Right. Yeah. That's no denying it. Broccoli, vibrant green, spinach green, tomatoes red, peppers red, bananas yellow. You know, there's so many just nice, nice colors. colorful bowl in front of you. Yes, a veggies, a fruit, carrots, bright orange. So, so many veggies. So, I think, you know, that one's pretty understandable. Eat the rainbow. Um, eat nitrate-rich vegetables was the second top food tip. So what are nitrate-rich vegetables? Right. Yeah, yeah, explain I mean, that. Yeah, like, not, no, Joe, not nitrous oxide, right? Not Which right, would right, be right. making your car go really fast. Oh, on the wrong trail. Joe's a car guy, guys. Okay. So nitrate-rich vegetables, um, they they um, release nitric oxide into your blood vessels, which helps with your blood flow and in all all of that. And we'll link this article so you can deep dive into all of this. But um, this article was looking at the, the science of um, COVID-19 and researchers have found that it's a inflammation of the blood vessels and so nitric oxide is actually even being considered as a treatment i don't know if that's gone through or not so don't quote me on that but um even though eating these is not going to be a cure to keep you from getting COVID 19 right. we're not saying that we're not doctors we're not going to say that i don't know doctors would not say right. that no either no one that. would say that but eating nitrate 
nitrate-rich vegetables is going to optimize the health of your blood vessels. Sure. So, you know, that's always a good thing. So arugula, which is that peppery lettuce, that's a high one. Rhubarb, coriander. Coriander is the seed of cilantro. Butterleaf lettuce, basil, beetroot greens, Swiss chard, beetroot. All, all of those are for a, a very nitrate-rich vegetables. So I did not, I did not know that this was new to me. So very cool. Um, next one is to optimize nutrients such as selenium and zinc. Zinc. That's the one you always hear. Oh, take your, you can take a zinc vitamin or something or eat something with more zinc. Right. Yeah. So whole grains, beans, and nuts are all high in zinc. And soaking your grains and beans before cooking them can increase the absorption of zinc and nutrients in the food. And selenium is a Brazil nut. And one Brazil nut a day will take care of your selenium needs. Take that instead of a pill. Yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, and they, you know, that's better anyways, rather than like a vitamin that's, um, you know, not as whole food. Right. Um, The next one is to increase your herbs and spices. Yes, I love this one. But herbs and spices have some of the highest concentration of antioxidant compounds and just have so many health benefits. So, you know, even if you're maybe interested more in turmeric or, you know, curcumin, um, you know, which those you might, you know, not find as readily spices in right. spice aisle. You might have to take the vitamin pill for those. But, you know, just any time you can use those fresh spices for your food, they really are, do really not only give it flavor, but are healthy for you too. Okay, the next one is high fiber foods. Yes, we just talked about how right. we don't get enough fiber, fiber. as a nation. And uh, fiber feeds the health of your gut. You know, it's healthy for your gut. Fiber feeds the healthy part of your gut. So um, definitely think about adding more high fiber food into your diet. Your body will just thank you for it overall. But if you're not used to it, take it slow. (laughs) (laughs) Nutritional yeast is the next one. And if you're new to the plant-based eating, you might not know what nutritional yeast is. And honestly... I'm not going to go into all of it either because I don't know really all of it is either, but I do know it contains B12. So, um, you know, that's always a concern getting enough B12, but there are a lot of other immune boosting effects. I guess it has a beta glucan, um, and that it, that's a in there. And so that's associated with a number of immune boosting effects. So adding um, nutritional yeast or mushrooms, they say that that same beta-glucan in mushrooms. um, And you know, that's interesting because I did hear once someone say that you should always eat mushrooms every day. That's probably why. Maybe that's why, right? You know, I think that was a a plant-based doctor. I'm not sure who, but... Okay, the next one is green tea. So for all the tea drinkers out there, we've always heard, you know, it seems like, I don't know if it's as popular anymore, but it seems like a few years ago, green tea was like all the rage. Drink your green tea, drink your green tea, flavored green teas. I mean, gosh, they added all iced green teas. (laughs) But tea is great. It has lots of health benefits. 
um, you know, I think it had its surge of popularity because it does have a lot of antiviral properties. And our next one, our last one here for top tip to stay healthy with your food is a vitamin D supplement. Um, you know, it's winter here in Michigan. We aren't getting enough Not vitamin D. that, right. You know, and no, no one is actually. We're all inside more. It's not right, like we're... Right. Like our ancestors back in the day, plowing the fields and all weather and whatnot. Right, and you know, taking care of the animals. And, right, and, even if it was winter, you're still yeah. outside cutting wood. Yep. So normally most people are not getting enough vitamin D. So definitely take a supplement. Try to get outside when the, when it's sunny out. And um, that would be that one as well. So, yeah, so those are our uh, plant-based frequently asked questions for today. And I really enjoyed having Joe, my co-host, back with me. Yeah, it's definitely nice to get back here, talk about some, some facts. love doing these fact shows and yeah, really enjoyable. Just spreading the plant forward knowledge. We're all about that and just want to encourage you to eat more plants and to think plant forward when you um, go to make meals. So as a reminder, anything we mentioned on the podcast today will be in the show notes. And you can find the show notes at our sponsored blog, badtothebowl.com forward slash 27. Again, that is badtothebowl.com dot com forward slash 27 and hey while you're over there on the bad to the bowl.com website grab your free copy of five plant-based meatless mains to get started on your plant-based journey